हेलो वेलकम टू द सेल्फ लर्निंग पॉडकास्ट बाय डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह लेट अस स्टार्ट डिस्कशन ऑन यूनिट नाइन कंपेरेटिव मेथड एंड अवर टॉपिक इज एलिमेंट्स ऑफ द कंपेरेटिव अप्रोच नॉट विदस्टैंडिंग द क्रिटिकल रिमार्क्स इन द प्रीवियस सेक्शन ऑन द प्रॉब्लम ऑफ नेगोशिएटिंग बिटवीन द कंपेरिजन एंड द रूल ऑफ नो वैल्यू जजमेंट The comparative method has been used in sociology as a matter of its natural practice. To state some of the features in a schematic fashion, we find the following characteristics in the comparative method. Belief in the possibility of a natural science of society. The goal of de-attachment and an uneasy link with the theory of evolution influence of organic analogy and the intent to have systematic comparison though sociologists have argued over the first three characteristics they have remained by and large faithful to the intent of having systematic comparisons for this reason it is necessary to look at the following elements of the method namely methods of comparison the units of comparison the purpose of the comparative approach let us discuss each of three elements at length so that we are able to derive some useful tips for the application of the method in our own researches the first is the methods of comparison as macfarlane noted comparison can be undertaken in numerous ways each appropriate to its task and one cannot lay down in advance which will be the best at all one can do is to raise some of the alternatives you may note the three types of approach distinguished by durkheim the first is we would consider a single society at a given time and analyze the broad variations in particular modes of action or relationships occurring in that society second we would consider some several societies of a generally similar nature which differ in certain modes of action or relationships more precisely we could here compare either different and perhaps contemporaneous societies or the same society at different periods if these exhibit some limited cultural change and third we could compare several perhaps numerous societies of widely different nature yet sharing some identical feature or different periods showing radical change in the life of the same society the second is the unit of comparison 
again we refer to MacFarlane who noted the success of the comparative method will of course depend on the comparison of things that can be compared. This consists of several features. One is that the units compared are roughly of the same order of magnitude. For instance, it would be particularly fruitful to compare the handshake in England with the family system in China. Next, MacFarlane said, second in order for comparison to be effective thing must be of the same class or order in some way. Thus to compare say marriage in America with tea drinking in China would probably be fruitless. The selection of the comparisons is all important. Yet even by choosing something that looks similar, one can be deceived. Words like city, marriage, family, law are notoriously loaded with ethnographic assumptions. Even such apparently obvious terms as house, meal, body carry complex set of assumptions within each culture. The third one is the purpose of the comparative approach. Social scientists consider the comparative method as just one of the many tools in their kit. It is essential for the user of, to consider why one is using a particular tool, what is the purpose and how best to use it. In this regard, MacFarlane suggests that it helps to distance the over-familiar, familiarize the distant and the make absences visible. Let us elaborate this point a little more. The first is distancing the over-familiar. Distancing the over-familiar or turning the obvious into the unobvious means to create a gap between the oneself and the familiar things so that one can see them in a different light. Most researchers face the problem of not seeing what is familiar or similar to one's own and hence self-evidently normal. Not touching the rim of a glass that has water meant for drinking may not appear strange to us in India. We will notice again the con concreted attempt within theoretical realm of sociology to question the common sense, the taken for granted aspect of reality. The next is familiarizing the distant. Many of the things we encounter 
in our work are so unfamiliar and distant that we cannot get inside their logic or understand them this is equally problematic the usual temptation is either to avoid the subject altogether or to dismiss it as irrational nonsense now the solution may be known in a sort of way through the studies of others in other societies examples would be the insights which anthropological studies of curious phenomena like the blood feud or witchcraft gave to historians studying the same phenomena in the west the next is making absences visible the comparative method helps us to reveal absences always we will find that many interesting things are the absences and it is not easy to be aware of these macfarlane has given the example of robert smith who recounts how a japanese scholar replied when he was asked why ancestor worship persists in modern japan this is not an interesting question the real question is why it died out in the west of course both are interesting questions but the absence is certainly just as curious now let us conclude the unit dealing with the complex issues involved in the operations of contrasting and comparing we have taken an overview of the history of the application of the comparative method in addition we have also looked at the comparative method as one of the tools that social scientists use to give body to their explanations of social reality now let us wind up the session and we have come to the end of the unit thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self learning podcast